What's up, everybody, and welcome to the E&D Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kutchel, and the creator of Emo's Not Dead. <laughs> you guys are too Okay. Okay, you guys are way too much. Thank you so much. And next to me is my trusty sidekick and absolute nerd, Gavin Simcoe, everybody. Hey, hey. This is kind of crazy because this is your first time showing yourself to the world, you know? Yeah, I'm not usually in front of the camera. How's it feel? It's awkward. Is it awkward? Yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get through the awkwardness. We'll figure it out. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of a background on Gavin, uh, Gavin is the director of operations and marketing for Emo's Not Dead, so all that shit that I don't want to do or that I can't do, it's him. Merch, fulfillment. Uh, email marketing, email paid marketing. advertising, management of your broken here. I mean, all that shit. Yeah, he yeah. just kind of like, this is my business partner at Emo's Not Dead. And the point of this podcast is A, to have fun, to talk about the scene, uh, emo music, punk rock music. Uh, we're going to have insanely amazing guests on. We actually have, I'll just fucking say it because we can, uh, Pierre uh, of Simple Plan will be on next episode. And um, we're just going to... You're letting the cat out of the bag early. Is that fine? That's cool. Let, why not? Let Let's get know. people riled I mean, up. You know, it's about, uh, we can do whatever the fuck we yeah. want. We can, we can do anything we want. Yeah, it's our yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um, and I guess our purpose of this podcast is to give you guys like a behind-the-scenes look of everything E&D, our cruise planning, uh, stories from the cruise. Um, you know, we are obviously going to talk about doing a music festival one day and we want to kind of just talk with you guys about it and show you like the ins and outs of what we do at E&D um, and just have a shit ton of fun. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is a topical podcast, right? So we're, we're going to talk about recent shit, uh, but then we're going to get into the future of, of what we're doing and what, get a little insight yeah. into you, you know? I mean, I think that's what the fans want, right? I mean, you're kind of, you're out there, but... I don't know. I'm, I'm in your well, lives, and I see people ask you questions. I'm like, how has he not a answered that out by, there yet? By the way, I, I hear you on that, and sometimes I feel like I, I never do interviews, right? I hardly ever do, and it's not that I don't like them. I do enjoy interviews. It's more that I am so busy with other things, writing the album, uh, the the cruise, putting together the cruise, reaching out to the bands, um, uh, the felt emo might delete videos, coming up with podcast stuff. So like, I love the creative stuff more than going on someone's podcast. Yeah. Not that I don't, that I won't do it, but I think you're right. I think that like, let's treat, let's at least treat this first episode as almost like an interview yeah. where you can ask me questions that maybe the fans want to know. Yeah. All right. Um, shit. Okay. So let's dive, let's dive in. What are we talking about? Uh, really? What, how did the indie start? Like what, what, you know, started with a funny video. We know that part. But yeah. you know what? What kind of brought you into like wanting to do the merch and and bring it into events and uh, the original music? Like, what what was the inception point for you? Yeah. So I guess the long story short of how it started for people that don't know, I have told the story. I believe I told the story on the Emery podcast. But if yeah. you haven't listened to the Emery podcast, you might not know. Um, I've been on social media. I started on Vine. Uh, I was a Viner, and. Um, when Vine shut down, I moved my audience over to Instagram and uh, Facebook. And at the time, my Facebook had about 70,000 uh, followers. Was that a tough pill to swallow? Like <sighs> going from Vine where you were in the... And I do want to talk about Vine a little bit more because yeah. it seems like there's a, a, 
a high percentage rate of people who made it out of Vine that are successful now. Yeah. But like going from Vine where you were pretty well known and then being a nobody again. Yeah. On Facebook, like, was that tough? Oh, dude, it was. It, I was bummed. I was super bummed. Yeah. I got to two million followers on Vine, and that was my life. That was my bread and butter. That got me out of a restaurant job. Like I was doing brand deals, and like I finally was able to say bye to all my restaurant friends and be like, guys. I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I made it. I made it. <laughs> I was making a couple thousand dollars a month. I had cheap rent, so I was able to um, to pursue my career in entertainment, making comedy videos. So yes, dude, it sucked because suddenly one day, well, we got, we got the heads up a couple months in advance that Vine was going to be pulled uh, from under our feet, and I panicked, and I started trying to get everyone over to Instagram. It didn't translate. I, I Dude... I probably, of my 2 million followers back then, I probably got a couple hundred thousand over to Instagram. So it's something, but not everybody. Yeah. And then my Facebook, I got like 70,000 people over there. So yeah, bro, it fucking sucked. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was pretty devastated. Yeah. Because I had built that for like four years and I had shot um, close to 3,000 videos. Yeah, there's six seconds, but I shot like 3,000 videos and then suddenly Vine, the creators or the people who were that acquired Vine gave us all the chance to download our Vines. So I still have them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, long story short, it sucked. Yeah. It really sucked. That's a bummer. So when when did you like, so you obviously you get some traction again with the, the viral moments that felt email my delete started with. Yeah. But then somewhere you were like, oh, I can turn this into something way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So um so yeah, 70,000 followers on Facebook. I posted my first video. It was a one-off video called Felt Emo Might Delete. And I believe it was to Hawthorne Heights or Blink-182. I forgot which was the first. They were very similar. And then it went viral on Facebook. And yeah. my videos usually got like 10,000 views then, but this one had a few hundred thousand in a few days. So I thought it was a glitch. Uh, I was like, there's no way that of my, of my 70,000 followers that this is a viral video. So I shot another one, called it Felt Emo Might Delete again. Not creative. Just, yep. just did it again. We still do that. We, and we still to this like day. We really, we, like we really shouldn't do. We really shouldn't do that. I know, bro. At this <laughs> at this point, it's just a joke. To where the third was called "Felt Emo Might Delete" and the fourth and the fifth, and now we're like thirty something videos in, and they're all just called "Felt Emo Might Delete." Yeah, our search engine optimization is fucking trash I know. on YouTube. As as the nerd behind Andy, you, yeah. you hate that shit. I I hate it, but like you know, we talk to experts on who who know YouTube and know what we should be doing. And when I'm having the conversation with them about changing the titles, I, it, it bums me out. But why? What, like, what do they, what do they say? I mean, cause they want, they want us to Mr. Beastify everything, right? They want these catchy headlines, these catchy titles. They want, you know, the thumbnail to be, you know, a little bit more clickbaity. And I get it. I get it that, you know, people discover videos on YouTube based on those two things. It's like, you know, thumbnail, title, and how many views the video already has. But how we've done things together is such a middle finger to how people use, like even with the Your Broken Hero album, like we don't have a label, Kickstarter, self-funded. Everything we do is breaking the rules. Yeah. And so I really, it's hard for me to like want to unbreak the rules. Yeah. And put videos out with normal titles. I, I hear you. By the way, I completely understand that Listen, Mr. Beast's crew and all these huge YouTubers, they have it down to a T. They have it down to a science, right? We're we're alternative 
right? Yeah. We're we're yeah. part of we're part of the scene. Like we we didn't ever really we care about the content, but that's it. We don't care about the right thumbnail. We don't care about this. We don't like like we kind of just say fuck it and do our own thing. And there's some to me there's something kind of cool about that because we've never really cared. When you came on board and you're you, you know you're more of the um, business minded person, if you will, about how. <laughs> we got a mosquito if you guys heard that <laughs> this thing keeps the mosquitoes off off my naked body um no but when you came on board and you're like and you were like dude i i love emo's not dead i love what we're doing like here's how we can shift things and like let's maybe try different titles like i understand it because you're right yeah but and we'll see dude I like mean, we might change we them. might we change might change them it. next week actually not not, <laughs> not saying that we're not going to but like um yeah dude i think that one thing that i like that we're Listen, we did the Felt Emo Might Delete videos. Uh, we're now, this is the first episode of a podcast. We want to not change things, but give you guys more. And I don't want to, I mean, how many more Felt Emo Might Delete videos can we do? We'll probably get, we'll probably squeeze some more out, but I want you guys to have a place that you can come to um, have us interview your favorite bands, talk about their albums, talk about funny stories, um, and just uh, have another outlet for you guys to just get your content. So I'm stoked that we're, I'm stoked that we that we did this finally, Five, dude. Yeah, 14 months in the making. I've been talking about it forever. Yeah, like it. But anyways, back to the back to the question. Yes, right. Yeah. Because I, we, I need to know, like, because I haven't even had this conversation with you, honestly. Yeah, like I've heard the Emory podcast and we've had the combo, you know, lightly. But like, when did you realize you had something bigger than just a video? Because you know, I don't, I don't want to like. I definitely don't want to toot our horn on on where emo's not dead is positioned right now in the in the scene, but you know somewhere it became more of a pillar to artists and the mm. fans. I mean, I started out as a fan, right? So like, when when did that click for you where you're like, oh shit, I actually have an opportunity to be something in this scene? Well, I think seeing seeing the engagement on these videos and how viral everything went, that was a an idea. Um, we posted a, we did a video, I believe to like a, my chem song or something and it recharted. And I remembered there was an article that came out and said out of nowhere to almost 20 years later, my chem reenters the charts. And it was our video that was going viral. It had millions of, of oh, views yeah. in like a, in like a couple of weeks. And, uh, I had my team look into it and they're like, yo, like this is counting towards their, their spins. So yeah. yeah. And I was like, damn, I was like, I can't believe that these videos, have enough of an impact to rechart a band. And then, um, so this was all kind of happening within the same couple months. And then I started getting recognized, not from like my Vine, not from like just a random video. I had people like roll their car windows down and be like, Emo's not dead. How the hell did they recognize you? Well, because I am regular Matt in the beginning. Oh, that's right. right? And, okay. then I, and then I transform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so I, I remember I was going for a walk and uh, this car, this car drives by, and they scream, "Emo's not dead!" I was terrified because I had my AirPods in, mm -hmm. and I just kind of pulled them kinda down. Pulled you back to when you were younger, and people would scream out the car at you for wearing dude, girl pants. Dude, exactly, <laughs> exactly. People used to scream for wearing girl jeans, but now they're just fans, and it was great. And I was like, I was like, "What?" They're like, "Emo's not dead, dude!" I was like, "Oh, thanks, dude." I wasn't used to that. Yeah. And then now I get recognized more from "Emo's not dead" than any of my other shit. So I think the moment that I realized was when the virality was real and all the, and when the third or fourth video went viral, when uh, one of our songs uh, charted the artist and then when people started recognizing me in, in, in public as the emo's not dead guy, I was like, fuck, yeah. there's like, there's something here. And what, what made it special is 
listen, it's great that people love me for my comedy before this, but the scene means so much to me. Mm-hmm. I grew up in it. I was on Warped Tour for four years. I looked up to bands like Under Oath and Taking Back Sunday and Emery, and they're the ones who got me into emo. So like the fact that I can play a part in bringing the revival of emo back, that means everything to me. Yeah. I'm, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I relate with that. I mean, I quit corporate America to chase a f- fucking emo's not dead brand down. You know what I mean? Like that's a, it's the dumbest thing yeah. I possibly could have done, but it's it's worked let, out. Let, let me let me quickly quickly add to that because people are just now yeah meeting sure. you and learning sure. from you. So I wanted to expand the brand, and I was trying to figure out how to. I, I was with a merch company, a couple different merch companies that just weren't keeping up with the supply and demand, and I just had some issues with these companies. And I needed I needed some help. I was like, I need some serious help on the merch side. So I posted an Instagram story and I said, hey, I'm looking for someone to come join me at E&D as like a business partner to help me with my merch and fulfillment. And he saw my story, reached out to a mutual friend, my buddy Wes. Wes, I love you. Uh, you saved my life here. And then um, Wes connected us. I, inter- I got probably 10 to 15 impressive resumes. I ended up interviewing five different people and when I interviewed you, it you were you were it. You yeah, were yeah, like I was on fire. You were on fire. I was bro. on fire, <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> like the thi- like this dude had a full blown presentation. Like no one else had a presentation. He goes, okay, I'm gonna pull up this deck right now, and he pulls up his his presentation deck and it starts. Was a nice deck. It was a great deck. <laughs> it was twelve inches. Twelve inch deck. Twelve inch deck. <laughs> it was a nice twelve inch deck. And he pulls up his deck, and he literally starts starts going over where E and D is now, where he discovered E and D, where he thinks it can go by a certain year. And I'm like this. I was like this guy, yeah. this nerd. Yeah, and then I uh, I needed a nerd on my team. And I quit quit the job six months later, and then joined full full time. And and by then we are we were working on the cruise. I, I was thrown right into the cruise. Yeah, which was oh you're right you were directly into that. Yeah, 2021 the summer of we were talking about the cruise, which we didn't set sail until November 2022, Damn. which was crazy. So like I came Wait, on. Was it a year a year later? You said was that about? It was a year, a year later? and five months. A year later. and five months later. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so but when I came on, you had already had the cruise concept. Like you did the survey already. We got twenty five thousand responses from the survey. We got forty thousand. Forty thousand. Yeah. yeah, and uh, which that that was that was the aha. Like we're on a something yeah. moment. Oh, really? So the cruise survey played into your understanding of how grand emo's not deadhead. Yes, got because uh, our team, our cruise partner, the uh, producing partners. They said the the average to expect is between two to four thousand for a big brand uh, submissions. So long story short, for the fans who don't know, is uh, before we chose to do this uh, to do the cruise, we had a we sent out a ten page survey, and it talked about where you're from, where would you want to sail from, what would you like to see, like like a whole survey. And usually it's two to four thousand people, I believe, and we had forty thousand people That's fill cool. out a survey. And our our producing partners were shocked. I was shocked. And that's when we knew we're like, we have to have a cruise. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, if you know anything about digital marketing, getting 40,000 emails, like to even just click like I accept marketing from you is unheard of. Yeah. And then for it to be a a 10 page survey and 40,000 people took the time, like I'm still blown away by that metric. Like I, you know, we run email campaigns, capture campaigns all the time. And you know you end up with a couple thousand here and there if it's successful, but like to get forty like that in, incredible marketing on that. Um, I guess we haven't even talked about the cruise as a brand no, since we set sail. We haven't. 
Should I f- we- I feel I feel bad because aside from some Instagram stories and Facebook stories, we haven't really shared much about that. And it it's because was- it was so sick. All right, guys, taking a break to tell you about today's sponsor, Emo's Not Dead Apparel. You may have heard of it. If you haven't, Emo's Not Dead has the highest quality merch in the scene. They just released the E&D Signature Range, a simple yet subtle design that you can practically wear every single day. I'm wearing the black Signature Range hoodie right now, and I feel outstanding. The Signature Range is my everyday shit. Check out the Signature Range and more at emosnotdead.com and use the code PODCAST for 10% off your order. Now back to the pod. It was the time of my life. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because it's something that I'm, I put together and I'm proud of. It was genuinely a magical experience to be on a cruise ship with all of our favorite bands and and over 2,000 like-minded people. Like, it felt like right. a family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was... The vibes were a 10 out of 10. And it was like the, the second we came on the cruise... I remember it feeling that way. Like there wasn't like a warm up period. Like it was like the second we walked up those flights and got on the boat, it was like we, and I remember seeing the first bit of branding on like some turn and I saw the elevators and I like, I immediately was like, oh, like I'm home. Yeah. Like it, it was, it, it was pretty magical. Yeah, dude. I, I'll not, Wait, I don't know if you were, were you with me when we first walked on? Yeah. Do you remember? I'll never forget this. I'm carrying just a cardboard box with like my emo gear in it. Yeah. I didn't have anything fancy for it. Yep. I have that. It was a I, Home Depot box. It was literally, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, cla- <laughs> it was classier than just a shitty box. It was a Home Depot. Uh, I was carrying a Home Depot box with my emo gear, uh, my wig and, and my shit. And I remember I walked on and I didn't know what to expect, but like it's when you go onto a cruise, it's kind of like an airport where they have security and there's like a little bit of a line and you kind of check in with an agent, right? Um, and I remember walking on and then suddenly I just kind of hear a, yeah. And like a, woo. And remember people were just kind of yeah. like, people were like, yeah, dude. And they were clapping and I'm carrying this box and walking onto my cruise. And I was like, what's up guys. It was such a cool experience. It's pretty wild. To like walk onto something that big. That was a big production for us to put together. Well, and it's a, you don't realize how big the fucking boat is until you're dude. It's huge. It's fucking it's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so the cruise, you know, day one, I think we, I was still nervous. I mean, I felt like I was at home, like-minded folks everywhere, but you know, we got rained out. And oh yeah, that's right, that's I, right. And I started, I, st- you know, I, I'm a little anxiety-driven sometimes, and I was panicking that like we were just gonna get rained out the whole time, like we were in the middle of some storm that LA was having, <sighs> yeah, which is crazy. We sailed out of LA and. It rains one day a year here. Yeah, and it rained and, on our and cruise. it rained. It rained on our cruise, but like, you know, we recouped well. We we reorganized where bands were playing. You know, and and we ended up getting into it. And then you just get lost. Like you get lost in this experience, this moment. Um, and uh, so I'm curious, what what were your some of your favorite moments from the cruise? Like performances. So, okay, so I I will never forget the joy that I got watching Hawthorne Heights mm-hmm. play the main pool deck. Oh yeah. Um I think the sun had just set. Yeah. The sun like it was like a sunset show. The sun was just setting. And I'll never forget uh when they obviously played their last song, their biggest hit, Ohio is for lovers. Love that song. Mm-hmm. Every it's a emo anthem. And the energy I little dude, I got the chills right now. I don't know if it's because it's 40 degrees in here and I'm naked <laughs> or if it's because of Hawthorne Heights performance. But I 
remember just, I will never forget the joy that everyone watching got when Hawthorne Heights did their little speech. Right. And that you hear the guitar. That was when JT, JT coined the phrase 401k emos. Did he? He called, <laughs> did he? he called the whole crew. He was like, you guys aren't elder emos. You're 401k emos, You're which four- I was funny. And I, I don't like the elder emo thing. We can talk about that later. But I don't I, either. I, I think thought, yeah. I thought the four hundred one k emo. The four hundred one k emo is pretty it was cool. Good. It was good. Yeah, dude. So Hawthorne was a big so one. So Hawthorne for you. was a big one for me. Um, I really enjoyed seeing uh, Emery's uh, hardcore vibe of a show. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, let's talk. In the, let's talk about that. It yeah. was In the lobby. Yeah. We had it in the lot. The roof. You could touch the roof. Yeah. And there was people crowd surfing. Yep. It was. Yeah. Very low roof in a, in this part of the lobby where these stairs come down. And so you can kind of watch from above the stairs. You can s- watch from the stairs. Right. And it was like a, uh, you know, you could probably pack in a couple hundred people down there. And I just remember it just going off. It reminded me of like a, a hardcore show. Like, yeah. Like it reminded me of like an old hardcore show where there was like, I mean, it was just packed. You had, you actually had a mosh pit. I remember the security tried to like... Okay, this is funny. So the security, our cruise partner doesn't normally do these kinds of cruises. And so it was funny to see the security that the the cruise partner had uh, uh, hired for this because they didn't know that moshing was going to be a thing. And they kept (laughs) trying to stop the moshing. And then people, and and then like 10 minutes later, I, I see the security guard moshing in the mosh. And someone, someone probably said, it's okay. This yeah, is what they do. Yeah, this is what we do. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, the Emory thing was really interesting. The Emory performance was really interesting because it felt like a basement show. It felt like a house show, which yeah. is how I grew up was going to these shows. And so that was pretty magical to have the spectrum of like getting the feeling of an old hardcore show in a basement all the way to these insane um, like pool deck sunset performances like with dashboard yeah that was a, that was one of my favorite ones that dude so that i mean that was so romantic yeah i mean he so he played uh in the middle of the crowd in the pool deck he opened up his set kind of in this in this po uh, in this elevated stage in the middle and had the whole crowd around him which i thought was really really special I, the starry night above oh very beautiful that was our that was our date night that was our date night yeah, yeah that was the date night and i was gonna say like i think i don't know i just it if you haven't been on a cruise, it's like it's a floating hotel. Right. So imagine a floating hotel where you can go uh, outside by the pool and obviously, but you're just in the middle of nowhere and it's, you, the stars are at their brightest and biggest and Dashboard is playing his uh, amazing song. It, it was it was out of a dream. It yeah. was pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, yeah, there's a casino on the boat. You know, it's literally a hotel. It's literally it's like a, a, a resort. Yeah, it's there's, a resort. There, dude, there, there's there's steak restaurants, Mexican food. There's easy bites. There's multiple bars, different styles of bars, um, multiple pools. Like it's a hotel. Yeah, and it's endless. It, dude, it was just, it was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun. Dude. Yeah, and and I mean, dream come true for me. Under Oath, you know, my favorite band it has mm-hmm. been forever, and seeing Under Oath on the pool deck. What was really what I thought was really cool from like as a content creator, like you don't you don't think about it, but but the wind while you're out on the ocean is something else, right? Yeah. And so you have this stage, the stage, the light show happening. We have the smoke coming off the stage, and you have the wind doing a dance with the oh, smoke yeah. and the lights. Oh. And seeing Under Oath uh, perform on that pool deck and and. Spencer's hair is going everywhere. Don't get me riled up right now. The smoke is going everywhere. It's creating these awesome patterns. 
It was like almost psychedelic, dude. Watching it, Under Oath. It was seeing seeing uh, Aaron and Spencer's hair just whipping around. I remember seeing it like in slow motion. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was yeah. literally like out yeah. of a, out of a movie, like stars above. Their hair was just whipping around. It was so fun. And they're so good. I mean, they're so fucking good. Their the energy that Under Oath had, and honestly, Silverstein brought to that pool deck. Yes. Silverstein brought, and like people were going nuts. And yeah. and so I mean. Under, I mean, a lot of the times people think that this music is old. Like, oh, those, you know, fifth, that album, they're doing their 15 year, you know, but these or, guys sound better than ever a lot bro, of the times. The thing is, I think that there are, listen, there are some bands in the scene that just don't care as much yeah. and they're just, they're just performing to make the check, right? Oh. Bands like, who are you talking about? We'll get into that later <laughs> on another show. Bands like Silverstein and Under Oath. They care, yeah, and they stay, and and they've they're so damn good because they've a been doing this for years, but they still care. They care to put on a good show. Hawthorne Heights still cares to put on a good show. Like they want to put on a good show. They want to sound good. And I will forever be bummed when I pay money and I'm so stoked to see one of my favorite bands, and I go and they and it just sucks, and they don't sing the song the way that it is that we're used to singing it. And like they talk shit about the culture. They talk. Oh, don't get me started. There's there's a ba- there's a band. Listen, there's a band. I won't mention names. Yeah, yeah, but I have before. There's a band that I love that got me into the scene, and they hate being called emo. And it's just like like dude, like we're just we're all having fun with this. Yeah, like it, we're having fun with it. And honestly, like I was okay. I was probably one of the worst when it came to arguing about what was emo, what was post hardcore. What was third wave? You know, I I was really that kid growing up. Yeah. But like, dude, I'm 32 years old now. I'm going to lay down my sword on this. Like looking back in hindsight, like it all fed each other. You know, all all these different subgenres of alternative music fed each other. And it's just amazing to me that people are still arguing or even going on stage and saying, I'm not emo, but I'm here. But I'm here playing an emo, emo festival. Show, playing an yeah. emo festival. Oh, dude, I know, bro. It's weird. It's it's kind of weird to me. But uh, but I was gonna say just to touch on that, I think that like because I get this question all the time, and this like this is my answer, okay? And I think that um, I think I think a lot of people will agree with me. The emo, the emo word, the emo culture, right? You can like Blink One Eighty Two, and you can like from first to last, right? I'll go to either show and have a great time. They fall under that emo music umbrella. But is Blink-182 an emo band? No, they're not an emo band. But guess what? They're embraced by the emo culture. I almost feel, you, like, you know? emo, I almost feel like emo just overtook the word alternative. Yeah, it, yes. Like, yeah. In, in a weird way, it's like if you have long hair and you play some type of heavy music, you're emo it's, in today's world. I think they took over the scene. right. Like the scene in general, right? right? You could be a part of the scene and you like Fall Out Boy and Blink and Weezer and also Under Oath and Emery yeah. and Silverstein and you're part of the scene. Right. So I think that that's just like like you said, that that has taken over that meaning of what the culture is. Right. And people still push back on it, which is well, people Well, people, people push back and get offended and it's like, why are you getting offended? People love it and they love you. Right. And well, it used to have such a negative connotation. Right, because emo used to be this the the weak, sad, fragile, you know, kind of stereotype. It almost outcast when people start when people in high school yeah. were wearing their black skinny jeans and their. It was eyeliner. dismissive. It A was dismissive. Bit, yeah. yeah, and and so I, I I do understand where it's coming from, 
but at the same time you like you you can own it instead you know you can own you can own like i don't know it's it's you know who who said it perfectly uh uh, Haley Williams, Paramore. Remember mm-hmm. when we were young? Mm-hmm. At first, when she started talking about emo kids, I don't know if you remember this, but she gave like a speech at yeah. when we were young. And she sat down on the stage. When she sat down. And, and when she first started talking about it, I was like, oh no. I was like, please tell me she's not going to shit on the word emo. Right. But she embraced it. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she embraced it. And yeah. she was like, we are all part of this. We're, we are all emo kids and blah, blah. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And she's the queen of the scene. Right. And it felt good hearing her like embrace it um, we're, the festival we're talking about, you guys, is when we were young. Yeah, it was the when we were young festival. Uh, super fun. Um, it was and, it was fun, but man, I'm I might be too old for festivals. We're, yeah, we walked 18 miles that day. Did we? We walked 18 miles with your pregnant wife. With my pregnant wife. <laughs> I feel, wasn't she eight months pregnant? She was. Yeah, she was like seven months. Seven pregnant. months pregnant. Shooting, working at the Gibson booth, and rolling around. Bro, running around with that's us. a keeper right there. She is definitely a keeper. That's a keeper right there. Um, okay, so okay, we got a little a sidetracked on on the word yeah. emo, and we're gonna have that conversation probably a million times. But uh, back, getting back to the cruise, I do got to shout out Newfound Glory on yeah. on their theater performance. Um, just to wrap up the 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 best of the best performances there. Um, it the there's there's two theaters. There's two theaters. There's one. Yeah. Um. There's one theater. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's another indoor venue. Yeah. It's yeah. a little smaller, but the theater is about a thousand people indoor. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing seeing newfound glory in that theater was um another really special moment for me. Um, you know, grew up with newfound obviously, and it was weird seeing seating somewhere newfound was playing because you can tell just people want to move around, mm-hmm. but they just did the most with it, mm-hmm. and and I love that Jordan came in costume. He was either the Capitan, El Capitan two phones. Yeah, dude. Uh, or he showed up as Popeye. He was Popeye, yeah. 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 And so I, I like it that they made it fun. And I think they they were like the best theater performance that I saw. The Stardust Theater on that cruise yeah. is awesome. It sounds amazing. They were so they were fantastic. And to your point on people sitting down, it's hard to have a seat when you're watching these bands, right? Yeah. Because you're restricted from jumping around more yeah. and whatever but like regardless the theater's awesome it looks good it sounds, sounds good. good and sounds dave really did a killer good. job dave dave pearson our designer he's in the uk um he he designs everything that we do all our merch our emails the web everything yeah and uh he made that theater from i mean he had never seen it before and he made that theater look fantastic with dude his it, lo- it looks so damn good so yeah i newfound in theater was great yeah um I'm trying to think, man. There was one other. And by the way, unfortunately, I couldn't catch every show. I was working. I was doing meet and greets. I was signing. You had to save your voice. I had to save my voice because I was so excited day one. I I performed on the third night, I believe, or the fourth. Yeah, it was the third. Third night. Yeah. Day one, I practically lost my voice because I was yelling. I was screaming. I was at the Emory show and I was at Under Oath and Silverstein. And like, I was like, oh shit, I forgot that I'm performing on this cruise. So I had to go on vocal rest. That bummed me out, dude. Yeah. That, yeah. Because I had two days of just not being able to have, I still had fun, but I couldn't like, I couldn't drink with my friends and I don't know. It yeah. Was, I addressed that with six man for the next one, okay. which we'll talk about soon. Okay. Um, but Are you uh, thinking getting my show out of the way? We're going to get it out of the Let's way. Let's get my show yeah. out of the I'm way, trying dude. To, I'm trying to hit the blackjack table with you like Bro, immediately. Hey. I yeah. love you for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get my show out of the way. Yeah. I think it's the. I think we sail away night one. People, it, are you the sail away show? Maybe. 
Uh, is that too cocky? <laughs> is that is that a little self-serving? Actually, that's too cocky. <laughs> it's like the Sail Away show is your broken hero. No, on the no, no. I, I feel like we got to... Honestly, yeah. that's too cocky. I, I don't know, no, though. Like, I, I, I'm by... Guys, by no... I'm the bot... Like, I, like, by the way, the way I'm built at the very bottom yeah. because there's zero ego. I'm just happy that I get to play my own crews and play with all these epic bands. Uh, so, of course, like, I'm, I'm never a headliner. Um, so I probably shouldn't be the Sail Away. My, could be, could be, could be though. Could be. We'll keep it open. Well, okay, let's yeah, keep it open. Let's not make any decisions. I just want to get it done yeah. so I can get hammered and party and not worry about my voice at all. Yeah, I and mean, the, I, yeah, I just want to get to the blackjack. For some reason, you're like my good luck charm, bro. Blackjack. I can't wait to play blackjack Dude, again. What was it? I I hit eleven blackjacks <gasps> in fifteen hands. Did you? Yeah, and I split. I one time I got double aces. I split it and I got blackjack on both. Yeah. And I won like two and a half grand. Did you? <laughs> my own Did cruise. You yeah. Which is hilarious. And oh, then I love that. I ended up just tipping really heavy the rest of the trip. <laughs> Bro, I, I legit have the butterflies right now thinking about the cruise. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm how fired up. How blessed we get like a built-in vacation to our job. It's pretty freaking great. Yeah, it is rad. Um, so funny moments on the cruise. Yeah. We had a, we had, there was a few. I remember, oh. I remember laughing my ass off seeing that there was this guy holding a dick in the air. At every single show, yeah, uh, the stuffed animal dick. Yeah, he just was. He would just sit behind the bands because you can walk around the stage on the pool deck. Yeah, he would just stand back there and hold the dick up. Yeah, a stuffed animal dick. A I, little creepy. A little creepy. A little, a little <laughs> creepy. Like I remember, he would like ask people to touch it and stuff, and because I could see it out my window. He, I was on stage. Do, I, I don't think I was performing, but I was doing something on stage, and I turned, and I, he tossed it at me. I caught, threw- I, I caught his dick. <laughs> I did. I caught his dick. And and I think he I think he threw his sharpie and I signed his dick. You signed his dick. I think I signed his dick. Yeah, <laughs> I signed his dick and I threw it back. That's awesome. And but what's weird is there was no joy on his end. It was he just stared. He like looked at me in the eyes and just tossed his dick at me. I signed his dick. I tossed it back and and that was kind of it. Like there there was no like that's incredible. like a ah ha ha. That's this is funny. That's moment. incredible. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. I wonder if Dickman will be on you too. Yeah, I wonder if he will. We should. Should we reach out? We should reach out to Dick, <laughs> Dick Man. Dick Man. Hey, Dick Man, if you're uh, send us a DM. If you're watching this, yeah. DM us. Um, not a, not your dick though. Uh, another another thing I caught wind of afterwards. Yeah. Tell me about. Okay, tell me because I haven't heard this story. I just yeah. know what happened. Okay. What happened? You, you were like knocking on rooms at like 4 a.m. Um, <laughs> this was fun, and I th- there's a video out there I think on YouTube. Yeah, somewhere. I saw the video, but I, I had no like, context. I, I wanted to tell the guy, his name's AJ, who uploaded. I'm like, dude, at least get my approval. I was blacked out. Yeah. So, um, I, we were gambling. You were there gambling with us, I believe. When yeah. and a, this guy AJ, uh, just became one of our buds on the cruise. He was just uh, an E and D fan that was there. We were all gambling at the tables and playing blackjack, and um, it was like four in the morning, and we had our a small group just going hard, hammered. Uh, I'm in my full Your Broken Hero attire, wig, eyeliner, the whole thing. And he's like, dude, please come surprise my wife in, in, in the room. She's sleeping right now, but she'd love to see you there. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So me and AJ just walk up to their room, and I walk in, and his poor wife is just sleeping. It's four in the morning. Yeah. We flip the lights on. I forgot her name. I just start saying her name. And then she just kind of like wakes up and turns and sees me. And she goes, oh, oh, hi. And she like. <laughs> yeah, she like hid from you. And she like hid and she's like, I'm not wearing pants. She had a blanket on. 
And then AJ's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm hammered. I don't know what I said, but it was just kind of fun surprising a fan at four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I want to do that uh, again. We, a f- to, to, uh, I want to do that to a few more different people. We should relive a little bit of our childhood and like just ding dong ditch people's rooms. Yeah. Late at night. at But you. Yeah. Like streak down the halls. Dude, I should streak down the halls and we should like gift people with like. I don't know, E&D gift cards, cocktail. Like, we should just find something and be like, hey, you, if you get a knock on your door at four in the morning, it's going to be worth it. What is it about streaking that's so fun? I mean, dude, I feel so free right now. <laughs> I, when I, when I was the last time you went streaking? Uh, I went I went streaking um, like yesterday. Bro, <laughs> no. I feel like I was probably... It was in LA. It was. It, I was probably 24. Oh, streaking in L.A. must be scary. Uh, no, actually, when I say I was in L.A., it's because I had lived in L.A., but I was in my band. Okay. And so maybe we were on tour. I just know that it okay, was... Okay, so this L- was a decade ago. Yeah, this is this was... I was probably 24 or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 24 is still old to be streaking. It's too old dude. to be streaking. It's a little too old to be streaking. But when hey, when you're once a band guy, always a band guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. What? Why? why did, I mean, I dude, I used to jog around town naked. Like, I used to, like, try and go the distance. Did you? Yeah, me and my buddy Trent, we would try and go further than we did the last week. I'd stay at his house, and we'd be like, all right, 1 a.m., baby, let's go streaking. And we'd try to run further than we ever got before. Um, The last thing similar to streaking that I did, uh, that I I don't want to say I'm proud of, but eh, it was was fine. Um, I was in Colorado with uh, Baron, who you met on the crew. He was shirtless cowboy. Yep. And uh, I was with Baron and his... uh, his girlfriend Soph and like just a few of us and this uh few of us were there and we I don't know I don't know how this happened but we dared the girl Maddie we said hey there was like this river that and we're like a small river and we're like it was like three in the morning we, we were all walking back from from bars and we're like Maddie how much for you to to, to skinny dip in, in that ri- in that cold river right now yeah and she's like I'm not doing that and then she's I think she or someone else said I'll do it if Matt shits if if Matt shits uh, in that river something like that. Why would she want you to shit in I, it first? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen, we were all kind of blacked out, but long story short, I shit in the river. Yeah, I actually there was like this little overhead, uh, like this sorry this little overpass, and I hung my butt off and I pooped in this river. Oh, you weren't in the river? No, I wasn't in the river. Oh, I hung my butt. off I highly and I recommend in the river. pooping in the river next time. Uh, in the river, so yeah. it kind of wipes your butt as well. We don't have to cut this out, but yeah. I've shit in a river before. Yeah. And uh, if you face downstream, it helps. It pulls it. It pulls it out. It pulls it out. It pulls. Like you start and it just goes. That's a good idea. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. But I remember. That's good to know. It's, hey, we bullshit. We bullshit. Hey, let's go, River dude. shitters. We're Oregon river boys. Shitters. We are Oregon boys. That's such an Oregon boy thing. So anyway, yeah, that was the, the last closest thing to streaking that I remember was I got dared to poop in a river, and she, and then she, I was like, I shit in the river. You have to streak now. So back to the cruise, funny moments. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that I found out about the cruise from a funny moment standpoint was we had three proposals, yeah, and we only had two yeses. Yeah. Dude. Do you, do you remember who the no couple was? I don't remember their names. Okay. Um, but I can the thing that is so funny about that is not that somebody said no, like that's devastating. Yeah. But the thought, and it was like night one or night two. Yeah. The thought that you're on this cruise now with someone I know. who you just proposed to, 
and they said no because you can't just swap oh. rooms. Like there's yeah. there's rules. Like you you're in that room now with that per- like it must have just ruined. I mean, they might have been the only people that maybe had a but bad time. Hear me out. Was a proposal day one, day two? I think it was day one or day two. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So you're on the cruise, and you're just as the guy. You're like, I just put myself out there. I just asked this woman to be with me for the rest of my life, and let she me, said no. Let me say something here. Let let me just. I am shocked when people say, or I found out that they proposed and the other person said no. Don't you just have to know? Like when I proposed to Ariel, I knew that she wanted to get married. I knew it, so I proposed, and I knew, she, and I knew for a fact she was going to say yes. Did you know for a fact when you were proposing it was going to be a yes? Oh, absolutely. You just knew, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I feel, isn't that something that you talk about that you're like, don't you start talking about kids before that? Don't you start talking about your future before that? Yeah, like I have an idea. It blows sure. my mind sometimes when people are like, oh, she said no, man. Also on the girl's side of things, just say yes and deal with it when you get home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. throw the guy a bone, say yeah. yes, get home, say, hey, look, I didn't want to fuck up our vacation. But I'm not ready for this. God, like, that's rough. I don't know. That's rough. Weird. That is um, rough. Okay, family. Time to take another break to tell you about our other sponsor on today's podcast. Emo's Not Dead Coffee. Emo's Not Dead Coffee is freaking delicious. I literally drink it every day. The coffee comes in three varieties. The Screamo Blend, the Broken Heart Blend, and the Triste Mexicana Blend. Am I saying that right? I keep my cabinets full all month long with my coffee subscription. And as a coffee subscriber, I not only receive 10% off on my coffee, but 10% off all of my Emo's Not Dead orders when I add merch to my upcoming subscription. So come on down to emosnotdead.com. Get horny with us. The last thing I want to say about funny moments on the cruise, I do have to tell this story. Um, it was the first time I met Goldstein. We were just getting deep. It was like two and a half hours. I think we were talking about like consci- the consciousness and what, what it is and like what God is. And it was 1 a.m. And this was the night Matt performed, Your Broken Hero. It's yeah. 1 a.m. And all of a sudden we hear, Dana, you never like the way I kiss. And we're like, whoa, what, why is Your Broken Hero coming through the loudspeakers? We thought it was like the song playing. And in my room, I had visibility of the stage from the backside on the pool deck. And all of a sudden, I realize that Matt is now back on the stage five hours after he performed initially to a crowd of maybe 40 people this time performing Your Broken Hero songs. And I think you even ran one song back to back. Yeah. I think you Listen, dude. I was, I was, I was blacked out. Yeah. Okay. And I was with the last 40 people that were awake at, what time was it? It was 1.06. I yeah. checked the video that I took. Yeah, so it was it was 1 in the morning. Not many people were outside. It was cold, but there were still some people hanging out. We had just finished, I think, the karaoke or the, the oh, okay. live karaoke. Okay. And then I was on stage and I was saying I was saying goodbye to like the, the fans. And I was saying goodnight. And a lot of the crowd was like, okay, goodnight. And they, they went to another bar or late night snack or went to their rooms, whatever. Yeah. And there were 40 people still sticking around. Maybe 20. It was Honestly, small. bro, it was, it was small. sparse, dude. Maybe 20. Yeah. And then someone goes, play another song. And I'm and I'm hammered. And I'm One like, person. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> play another song? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I looked back at the band who were still kind of hanging on stage because they were playing for the live karaoke people as well. And I was like, you guys want to do one? And they're like, yeah, okay, okay, sure. I was like, what do you guys want to hear? And the person who screamed, play another song, goes, Tommy's face. 
Like, this one's for you, buddy. It's like slurring my words. Oh, my God. And we start playing Tommy's face to the 20 people that were out there. And I like to think that it was the best show of my life. But when I hear the video back, it w- I was hammered. Yeah. I look over and I'm like, who's doing the screams? And Dave Pearson, our designer, is up on the stage. And by the way, Dave is in a band, so he's like stage comfortable. Yeah. But he is rocking out at his microphone, giving you backup <laughs> vocals. And I, I remember looking at Goldstein. I was like, do I go pull him off the stage? Like, is it like I couldn't. Yeah, like, I didn't know what to do. I was like. I, I feel like I need to protect you from your own drunkenness, but yeah. then we just let it roll and it was fine. The, hey, here's the thing. The beauty about Emo's Not Dead is we can do whatever, whatever we, want. we want. And I was just having fun. I didn't care that I didn't that I was hammered. I didn't care if it wasn't going to sound as good. I didn't care that there was 20 people there. I wanted to have a good time. Yeah. And so D- Dave coming up, he felt that energy. Yeah. I didn't see him or I didn't even know that he was there because I was just drunk and looking at the crowd and, yeah. and in my own world singing. But like he just felt that we were... Everyone there was drunk, having a great time. They wanted to hear Tommy's face. Spencer wasn't there to scream with me. And so Dave's like, I'm going to go scream. <laughs> and then, yeah, he might have got cold feet on the screaming part because I think he was just doing back vocals. Oh, wait, so did fun. he not scream? I don't know. I, I thought I he know did. There was scream- I know there was screaming happening. I have no idea who was doing it. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, okay, so we worked through the funny, the funniest moments. Did you cry on the cruise? Yes, you know this. I told you this. No? Maybe not. Okay. You what? cried. Yeah. Why? Why did you ask me then? I thought you were calling. I thought you were calling me out. No. I had. I. Had, this is. This is news to me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the very last day, I. The very last night after I performed, after the drunk performance, after our four a.m. knocking on on <laughs> on AJ's wife's door and surprising her. After it all, I go back to the room, and it was the. It was that was the last night. Yeah. And the, and we were now gonna fall asleep and dock uh, in L.A. Wake up and get off the cruise. I was so, I was, it was a combination of being relieved that we did it. Yeah. It was a combination of being so proud of what we accomplished and what we did that we had this idea called Emo is Not Dead that started off as, as a one-off video and, and it grew to having our own cruise. And I just started crying. Oh, I, wow. Like I was crying like tears of joy, tears of happiness. Proud of yourself. Proud of myself. Um, I, I heard so many stories. I, I would stop and talk to everybody, and I heard so many stories about what E and D meant to them, and how it, you know, it brought them and their significant other together before their significant other passed away. Uh, that it, there was just so many stories, and I was just overwhelmed yeah. that I just like let it go. And I was in my room, and Ariel, uh, she was also there, and then she came to comfort me. She's like, "What's going on?" And I was like. I don't know, man. I was it was also a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, rad. But it was honestly though, it felt it felt so surreal that we accomplished that. Right. And that was like the overall feeling was like, I'm like, damn, it took a long time for me to be proud of myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we did it, but also I do gotta say, Six Man crushed that yeah. production. Yeah, our our producing partner Six Man, they are they are the cruise partner. Yeah, they are so amazing at what they do. Uh, they got Bert Kreischer's cruise. Bert Kreischer's oh, doing a cruise. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, um, Bert likes doing uh, naked interviews. Yeah, doesn't he, he? Well, he's shirtless in all of his stand-ups. Oh, he does. He rips his shirt off. Yeah, huh? well, yeah. Or he starts shirtless. He starts shirtless. Okay, it's a little distracting. A little bit. Yeah. I wonder if people are gonna. I wonder if this is distracting. If people are gonna skip this. I'm just, I, I'm just eye contact right now. Maybe we should blur my nipples too. 
just a little bit. Um, the whole episode, we just have two little blurs on my nips. Yeah. So, okay. My last question on the yeah. cruise. Um, what was your absolute favorite moment? I mean, we've just talked about a lot of moments. I have a favorite moment. Okay. What was yours? Like all the whole, the whole thing. I'd like, I'd like to ask you to go first so I can okay. think on mine. Okay. Um, yeah, go first. I know what, what's your favorite so moment? Mine was seeing Cassidy Pope perform with you. Misery business. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. She crushed. I mean, she came out and her mic wasn't on. I know. But, but she's just such a, she's such a pro that she just kept going. And then her mic turns on about five seconds in and she just hit every single note so much. She came out in a, this Gucci tee. Yeah. That was so sick. Like her fit was good. Like you guys had great chemistry. The wind. The, the wind. smoke machines. The smoke machines. You guys right were up. doing little hip bumps to each other. Like you, I, you guys had rehearsed once, I think. Yeah. You know what's funny is like I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a nervous performer. I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I can get butterflies, but I'm not like I just love it. I love I really do love the stage. But uh, when we did our rehearsal, because she's so good. Yeah. I was nervous. Oh wow! Because she's so good. She's really good. And not that the other bands aren't good, but like uh, you know, uh, singing as well as Cassidy is just fucking right. It's it's a it's the next level of having a great voice. And I remember being like, "Damn!" I was like, "I'm gonna have to sing Paramore with Cassidy Pope." Yeah. Um. But you know what, dude? Winner of the Voice, right? She won. She either won the Voice or she got second place. She was high up on the Voice. Yeah. Maybe she won it. I think she won. Um. She's incredible. Um, but yes, dude, I'm glad you liked that performance. I had so much fun doing that performance. It gave me goosebumps. Like, really? Like not tooting your horn or anything, but like I, she, it was. She gave you goosebumps. Well, let's be honest. I mean, now. it was just the whole thing because when we came up with that idea to do misery business, I thought it was so hysterical. Yeah. That you would just be like, you would not even try to hit the chorus, and you would just bring on someone who actually could hit it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because you, you're at the rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, I was at the rehearsals, and it was like, oh, wouldn't this be funny if we had like Cassidy come up? You know, and. And so that was just one of those, you know, from start to finish ideas that we got to see through. And yeah. it actually was a pretty impactful moment that I think yeah. kind of lived. It did. It will. I mean, it, the people were writing articles about it, like that performance. Like, you yeah, know, I saw I saw some PR on that. Well, so. I think I, I think what was so special about it. First of all, that's one of the best songs ever. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a cult classic in the in the emo universe. Mm -hmm. And um and she's she just did a good job. I think I did a pretty good job too. I think it was just good. Yeah, it was. Good I think chemistry. it was. I think it was just a good performance, yeah. and it was really energetic. And the fans love it. Was it was fun. Dude. Yeah, that was so. That was my favorite moment. You've had some time to think. Yeah. I well, by the way, I am I'm going to perform that again yep. because it was so fun and it is a fan favorite. And um, I'm hoping that we're not going to give names yet because it's not out yet. Yeah, yeah. Is this going to be out by the time we announce the cruise? It's not. It. No. Okay. So you know the the girl that's going to be uh, performing this oh, year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say that name. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? Do no. You do you want me to? No. No. Yeah. But Save I'm. A little but something. she's great, and I I want her to. I'm gonna ask her yeah. if she wants to come out and and sing that part. Yeah, I love that. Hopefully, she'll say yes. I love that, and hopefully, she can live up to Cassidy Pope and nail that. Yeah. I think she, I think she might be able to. So. So my favorite part on the cruise. Oh man, you know that's. Truly, truly, truly so difficult because I had so many amazing moments. I, when I wrapped the Your Broken Hero performance and we were all gambling, mm -hmm. I was on cloud nine. Okay. And I just enjoyed, I got my biggest performance out of the way. My voice was good enough for me to feel comfortable with, with my set. And we all just had fun. Yeah. And it was time to let loose and drink. And I remember just loving all the fans that were there and getting in conversations and gambling with you guys. And I know that seems like not a 
big moment is like, I enjoyed playing blackjack with you guys. That was probably my favorite moment. Yeah, that was. Sick. I really loved just hanging and playing blackjack with the E and D fans on board and my friends and and my playlist on the stereo and your playlist on the yeah. St- yeah that my the playlist I'd been working on for 15, 20 years. Oh yeah, is playing throughout the entire cruise the entire time. Yeah, it was awesome. That was sick. That was. So sick. I'm I'm gonna go with that. Okay, that, that was yeah. a great a great time. That's a good and I won a lot of money in that moment. So um, yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh yeah. Uh, so so. The cruise and that performance is actually when we decided to... I mean, we were serious about Your Broken Hero before. We had done Tommy's Face and A Letter to Ashley. But when we saw the performance, when I saw the performance, I remember going up to you and being like, we have to do an album now. Mm-hmm. We, have to do, we have to do this. Yeah. Like, the, the fans loved it. You did really... You honestly surprised me. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I was like... Because you hadn't performed on stage like that for over a decade. Yeah. And I, I, it's not that I doubt you, but you do surprise me sometimes when, when you're so good at what you do. Thank you. Um, and so I remember talking to you and I'm like, dude, we got to do an album now. And yeah. we had been sitting on this Oprah video yeah. since I COVID. Forgot. I forgot. We filmed that a while ago. Yeah. You, you filmed that in Hawaii yeah. in COVID during Love Island filming. Didn't we film that in 2019? No, 2020, 2021. Oh, shit. Sorry. 20, 2020 is when COVID really. Yeah. Okay. So it's 2021. Yeah. yeah you're right. And and you were in Hawaii. You filmed this, and we were we were thinking we were going to do a Kickstarter campaign for the Your Broken Hero album, but we had cold feet. We weren't sure if the fans would support it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that the cruise is what led us to feeling confident in our ability to put out a Kickstarter campaign that the fans yeah. funded in the in a actually a surprising way also. Yeah. And now we're embarking <laughs> on a full Your Broken Hero project. I remember when we were coming up with the number that we wanted to reach and <laughs> and we were like man we're like we know that 55,000 can't make a full album but it'll get us Close. some of the money to record some of the songs but then we're going to have to fund the the music videos ourselves. I remember going over that and so we was it 55,000 that we set it for was the li- 50,777. Okay, so it was $50,777 and we made that our go- our our goal and I'll never forget when I dropped the video did we not make that in the first day? It was or like two it, days. It, we yeah, we hit the project in like forty eight hours. Yeah, in a couple of days we hit that goal, and then the fans just kept supporting, and that's when I was like, "Oh man, we're we're making a full like I, like you feel that we're it's real it. because if you don't if you don't get the funding, then we'd have to go back to the drawing board to see how are we going to raise money to make an album." Yeah, um, and the album. I mean, the album is it, this is an expensive. Pro- this is the most expensive project we've ever done. Yeah. Um. And we raised two hundred and ninety three thousand. Yep. And it's still not enough. I know. Well, by the way, <laughs> I, I think, bro, I think a lot of people don't understand how expensive video production, song yeah. production, it's expensive. If you're working with people that are that are good at their jobs, Andrew Goldstein is a hit producer. Yeah. He's a hit songwriter. Like, look up Andrew Goldstein, and you'll see he's got. So many hits under his belt, like, and he's hooking us up. Yeah, he's giving us homie rate because he loves it, and he's he's one of our friends, and he loves what we're doing, and 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 it's still expensive, and like these music videos, they're not cheap. Like, well, and we and we're not we we decided not to go for a record label. We're doing it all independently, skirting the entire music industry. Yep. Um, we don't have like we don't have a manage we don't have management. I uh, mean, you're manager right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. We don't have management right now. Yeah. Um, and, and to your point, I, I don't want the restrictions from a label. 
Yeah. We don't we don't want them to say this is your single and it's coming out in summer. Right. I want to fucking write a record and be like, Gavin, can we film a video next week and put this out? Yep. And you're like, let's do it. And then we just do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, the next song that's coming out that Red Light Kisser, I can give the name. Yeah. Uh, it's called Red Light Kisser. And we have such a legendary feature on this song. And I'm just so stoked that it's our way. Right. Whenever we want to, whenever the video is done being edited, we can be like, let's drop it in a couple of days and we can just drop it. Yep. We don't have to send it to the label and have the label be like, we don't like the way this is or the way this is. Like, we just get to do what we want to do. Yep. And that's why I'm so happy that the E&D fans are continuing to support our brand so we can do that. To put out like a DJ Khaled style record in the emo genre is, it's a dream come true, you, you know? Yeah. I mean, by the way, man, it's an... It's not. I know people say dream come true very lightly. That's that's tossed around. But this is we're literally living our this dreams. This is actually <laughs> a dream come true. We are from that. We are from the scene. These are our favorite bands. Yeah. When I when Spencer Chamberlain said yes to being on Tommy's face. Yeah. I probably fainted. Yeah. Like I was like, are you kidding me? This is so sick. When I reached out to our feature that you guys are gonna see the next feature, and he said, yeah, bro, I'll be on it, and I shot a music video with him. Holy shit, bro! Yeah. I was I was on set. A red light kisser, and I'm like, I can't believe he's here. That he's here, and we're doing this together. And the support from these bands is just incredible. And like, they've a lot of them have become my friends. And like, uh, you know, we're having Pierre on tomorrow, and like, he's a f- absolute legend. But now he's one of our buddies. Yep. It's just, it's pretty surreal. Yeah. It's pretty surreal. Yeah. It, and the artist support is really the weird part because you'd think that there'd be like, you know, protect, there'd be some protectionism there, or they'd be like, um, defensive of the genre or defensive of, you know, emo's not dead as a, what started out as kind of a joke. And now we've, you know, we're, we're making a serious turn as being, you know, a, a cultivator of the culture. Yeah. And, and they just, they are down, they're, they're down, down with it. And, yeah. and of course, like there's some, you know, marketing back scratching that happens, you know, we give them some exposure and they, you know, hook us up with, with their involvement. But it, you know, like I'll never forget under oath saying like, this is one of the, when on the cruise, Mm. they said, this is one of, if not the coolest thing we've ever done together as a band. Yeah. And so like, it's just really cool. It gives me like, you know, the the chills a little bit to think about how supportive they actually are of what we're doing. It's not, we're not paying these guys like, thousands and thousands of dollars to you know come be in our video they're like willingly wanting to be a part of it i know it's really cool it's a trip and i remember um i know unroth said great things about our cruise uh when ryan key was done with his acoustic performance mm-hmm. in that one room it was such it was so magical that when he was done he was he just felt i do i literally have the chills from this he felt the energy from that show and people were crying in the crowd and it was so damn good. He comes off and he goes, I think that was my favorite show I've ever played. Oh, that's sick. And when I heard Ryan Key say that, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. That it's on the E&D cruise. Yeah. Bro. Oh, yeah. Again, I don't know if it's because I'm naked and it's 40 degrees in here, but I just got the chills. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so what is next? Like, where do you see Ian? Like, where do you see E&D going? I mean, obviously we have the cruise. Yeah. Year two. Yep. It's huge. Cruise year two is big. Um, the Your Broken Hero album we just talked about. What's well, what's next is is I'm in the middle of writing this album, and I want to put out a great album. 
Right. And I don't want to. A lot of bands have you want if you want to call them B sides, where mm-hmm. they're like, it's a good enough song to throw on there, and we have two hits on the album. I want every song to just feel great, and I'm very happy so far with Blink 182, with A Letter to Ashley and Tommy's Face, and Red Light Kisser that's coming out. Those all to me are they're good songs, right. and, and I'm proud of them. And I think that they're they really they really have that nostalgic feel that we're going for to sound like our favorite songs that we grew up loving. So um, what's next is making a great album because I want this album to be great. Um, I do, I would love to figure out a music festival. Right. Um, And I'd love to figure out, I don't know if I want to call it a festival, but I'd love to figure out more of an experience. Yeah. The cruise was such an experience where everyone was in one place for five, uh, for four nights and five days and becoming a family and gambling with the bands and at the bars with the bands and like it was so magical that how can we create that but like maybe on land but but elevate it but yeah and that's i mean that's really what i I didn't quit my job to do shit the same way everyone else does stuff yeah right and so like for me when we talk about a festival i'm like how can we make it you know because when we were young was great and and like the the sheer scale of when we were young is crazy to think about 80,000 people I think and every band you've ever listened to there but the experience in itself like my legs fucking hurt I had to wait an hour to get a beer you know I had like it's dusty it's hot as shit you know it's not the experience that I want to have as at 32 you know I'm not 18 anymore yeah and so when I think about the festival I really think about how we can elevate it to a place where it you know it a fest a music festival like of this genre hasn't been to yet, and I think it's I don't know I'm excited about. But by, by that. the way, I, I it's like you said an elevated experience that feels go that feels good that's not shitty thrown together vodka sodas and f- like it feels more elevated. You right. can get some nicer drinks. You can have a shaded area to chill at. You can maybe there's a pool at our, I don't know like something to just give people the bands they want to see. The energy they want, but the comfort. Right. And I think that that's, we both agree on this, obviously, that that's what I want to come up with for possibly something that we do. I don't know. I don't know if it'd be, I don't know if we'd have time to do end of next year or if it'd be a 2025 thing, but like, I would love to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, any, anything else that you, you think is in the future for us? You know what? I think, uh, this is a great first episode, man. I, I, I had a great time doing this. Uh, I am really cold. Uh, I don't know if you. I mean, can you even see the ding dong? It's it's in my balls right now. No, look, just look, <laughs> just just look. I'm not just do, look. I'm not doing it yet. Just look. Really, you've been avoiding the whole time. Just look. It's I, it's so I cold look. in here. Did you it's so cold in here that my, my my penis is inside my balls. So maybe on that note, um, we can just say, fans, we love you. E and D fans. We love you so much. Thank you for supporting our brand. We hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, we're going to have a bunch of epic, legendary guests on and just talk to people, whether they're in a, in a band or an actor who loves emo, Emo's Not Dead or the E&D genre or, sorry, the emo genre. We just want to have fun on this podcast and give you guys uh, another form of entertainment to watch. So thank you guys for loving. Thanks for supporting. Um, make sure to like and subscribe. Like this video. Sub- subscribe to it. Keep us going. Yeah, I mean, we need to put out more content. We yeah. want to put out more content. Yeah, and this is a way for us to not have a big video production and and give you guys some information. You know, we're pretty tight on info most of the time until we have an announcement. So, 
yeah, I mean, uh, check out our Twitch. Oh, new that's Twitch right. yeah. platform is out. Got some new merch out there for everybody. Yep. Um, the signature range, which is blanks and low key, um, really comfortable shit. Like, yeah. Again, elevated merch. Um, and yeah, we're going to be doing this every two weeks. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Again, you guys, thank you so much for your support. Make sure to like and subscribe. Help keep emo alive. We love you. Let's go. Peace. So, dude, check this out, bro. Dude, it's in my, it's inside my balls right now. <laughs> it's my red light kisser, looking in the mirror, stopping traffic.